Hey, good morning, guys. It is October 6th on a Wednesday here in 2021, and I'm producing my episode number four of Dear Dollar Diary, Accumulation to Distribution, which I'm calling Kicking the Fire Tires. And I want to continue on and talk to you a little bit about my condo redesign 2021 part two. So has there ever been a longer description of a title of a podcast in the history of podcasting? I don't know. This might be the longest title ever. So as you guys know, this is just a coffee talk ramble. So grab your favorite beverage and join me here as I talk through my thought process of how and when I'm going to continue on this journey of thinking about the distribution phase of my career. And you guys should be thinking the same too as Broke at 40 listeners. And in your 40s, of course, you probably aren't thinking too much about the distribution phase of the journey, right? You are so concerned about the accumulation phase, saving more, getting your expenses down. And that really should be, as you know, your focus. And it was for me back when I was broke at 40. And I then kind of shifted into, and you will do the same. It's going to happen as you continue to build your wealth. You have to start thinking about the distribution phase. So that's why I'm producing these Dear Dollar Diary episodes, because I want you guys to get into my brain and join me as I explore this. Because you know what? Here's what's going on. <clears throat> you guys may have heard my other episodes, right? Episode number one, two, and three. I sound a little nervous when I listen back to those episodes. And even right now, I'm a little bit nervous because, you know, talking to people about such personal thoughts about money is not an easy thing to do. And I'm, as you know, trying to get my confidence up <clears throat> to where I feel as though I could ultimately then quit my job. So stay tuned as we go through October, November, and December of 2021, and I will share with you what my thoughts are and if I'm actually going to pull the trigger and go into freedom years, right, of living off of the investments that I've created. And it's an emotional journey, too. It's not just a financial journey, you know? That's what I'm sharing with you is that I do not know if I'm ready, emotionally speaking, to do that. And so I'll be talking about that on this episode number four. But I want to give a little bit of a recap on the first several episodes before I move forward. But before I do that, grab your beverage and join me as we continue on in this episode. I also want to say, you may have noticed, I changed my picture. Um, so as you're listening to this episode, the picture that you see of me there with the sky in the background and my hand up and the Broke at 40 logo now is now at the top of the screen. I decided to change that just on a whim. It wasn't planned. I just felt like maybe once a year or so I may change the image there of how I'm feeling in the year that I'm in. So in the first picture, you may recall a long time ago, it was a picture of my back, my first six months or so producing the Broke at 40 podcast. It was me on my bike with my backpack and a helmet, a bike helmet. 
and had the sky in the background. So that's going to be a theme, of course. And then the second image, as you know, is me on the beach looking off to the left. And now this image is me, you know, the camera's down below looking up at me and my hand is up. And I, I took that picture not thinking it would be the picture that I would use for the Broke at 40 podcast. It, it came as a result of some research I was doing on a concept called grounding. Maybe you've heard of that and I'm going to do another episode on it. Or I'm going to do a episode on grounding, which is there's a whole community of people out there in the world today that feel like we need to get back to basics of our existence on this planet Earth. And it ties into my beliefs about sustainability that I talked about last week. And grounding just means taking off your shoes, going barefoot outside and being one with nature. I know it's a little woo-woo kind of a thought process, but it's very interesting to me that the electromagnetic fields, I guess, of the earth and all, that if we are outside and we're, you know, walking around on the earth, it then makes us feel more grounded. And so with my family members, I took this picture and I sent it to them kind of as a joke of me out walking on the beach barefoot. And I thought, oh, I do feel different. And I didn't really feel different, but it was just something that we kind of played around with. So anyway, that's the picture that I chose to use. And it also kind of represents an image of me and for you guys as well in the future, as you go towards financial independence of, I'm looking forward, you know, I'm looking up, I'm looking to the freedom years of my life because of the wealth that I've built over these many years. And yet I'm still, as you know, struggling with this whole concept, which I'll get into today. But just let me do a short little recap because episode number one of Dear Dollar Diary, the accumulation to distribution mindset was that you guys know that I hired a financial advisor through Vanguard. And I did that because I just felt like I needed more help with asset location and figuring out tax implications and things of that nature. And so I told you about, I'm not going to go into details of those episodes, but that was really the first step. It was hard for me to do that because as people, especially men, don't like to ask for directions, do they? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I teach people all the time that through your accumulation phase, it's so important to keep your savings rate up. That's the number one tool that you have, even if your asset allocation isn't perfect, that doesn't really matter so much in the long term, so much as it is to get your savings rate up as high as it can possibly be. But when you get to a point where you're thinking about distribution, then the taxes and such come into play. And even though <clears throat> I had positioned myself to where I had investments in both buckets, if you will, I did that intentionally through my 401k, the tax, you know, before tax and after tax and all of that. So then you have choices. And so I needed help with some advisors to reconfigure that, if you will. And that's what they did for me in the plan. And I went on and I shared with you in subsequent episodes of the accumulation to distribution that I met again with Vanguard. And I, you know, I'm not going to go into details of all of that again, but I'm feeling good about what I've done <clears throat> in terms of, you know, all of the things I did to get balanced to 60% stocks, 40% bonds. They're managing 300,000. I've got 700,000 in my 401k. I balanced that out into a mutual fund 
target dated fund and such. And I told you in these other episodes that I had some things I was really dragging my feet on. And I was dragging my feet on what everybody thinks about as they get closer to kicking the fire tires, meaning do I want to retire early before age 65 or 67? And if you do choose to go down that rabbit hole of thought process, then you have to do the research to figure out how much money will you have to come up with per year to pay for what? Yes, healthcare. So healthcare. So I finally did the research with healthcare, figuring out by going to a, an estimator first on Vanguard, and then it directs you to another site. Um, I won't bore you with all of those details, but the healthcare.gov, I believe it was. And so I did all this research and I clicked buttons and I gave them information and it really did come out a little bit higher than I had anticipated. I had anticipated maybe 7,000. I think I shared with you in a previous episode where um, I asked around some of my friends like, hey, you retired a little bit early, so what are you having to fund, F-U-N-D, for your health care? It was around, right around $7,000. So I did that for myself, and it came to, drum roll please, about $10,000 per year. And so this is what I'm, what I'm going through right now. I'll be completely honest with you. So now let me also say it could be a little bit less perhaps than the 10,000 per year, but I'm going to use 10,000 per year because it's a nice round number. Now it could be 7,000, could be 8,000, could be 9,000, but let's just use 10,000. So if you decide that you want to stop working um, before age 65, when Medicare kicks in, then you have to think like I am right now, am I comfortable with spending $10,000 per year to fund the cost for healthcare, right? The premiums where I go to healthcare.gov and I get a policy because if I lose my job or quit my job, the W-2 job, then I won't have healthcare benefits, obviously. So I have to do that on my own. And I'm not the kind of person that would want to go into that and not have healthcare. So that's off the table for me. I know some people do that kind of stuff to me. That's crazy. You know, one little trip to the hospital and you all of a sudden you're bankrupt, right? So I don't want to do that. Um, and I, I'm not even, I haven't even researched long-term healthcare yet, right? That's another thing in dental insurance, perhaps too. So in my mind right now, just to update you on where I am of kicking the fire tires, it's, am I comfortable again with saying to myself that I have to pay $10,000 per year? Now, remember, I did build that into my infrastructure, right? Remember those numbers? I don't have them in front of me, but it was something like my expenses, my true expenses were 17,000. I was forecasting what, eight or 9,000 for healthcare. Well, now we're going, going to bump that up to, you know, 10. So there's 27 and then about 6,000, 27, 28, 32. Yeah, somewhere around 32 or 33,000 as a gross need for what I would need for the expenses in retirement. And then as you know, it goes up a little bit every year. But remember, when we did the projections with Vanguard, and this is in line with the 4% rule, if you have about 1.1 million or so, then you take 44,000 off and some of that is tax. 
So I'm doing good there. It's fine, right? This is more of an emotional thing, right? So I could take 40 grand off rather than the 32 or 33,000 and still be just fine and still have that 99% likeliness of success of having a dollar at age 100 that I shared with you. And of course, this means um, as well that I would have the subsidization, if you will, of social security of 15 to 18,000 per year. So I know all of that. So this is not a numbers issue that I'm dealing with right now. What it's, what I'm dealing with right now and sharing with you is because I have lived such a frugal life over the past 20 years, really, or more ever since my bankruptcy at age 29, it's, really hard to think that you would quit an income, especially an income that I'm making at age 55 that I am today, the highest income that I've ever earned in my lifetime, you know, a little over $100,000 with a great company that has treated me really well. Um, Would I want to give that all up? You know, you, you know, knowing that I can work virtually, And, you know, through the pandemic, which I'll talk about here in a minute, because that's a very significant um, qualifier of my decision, I guess we could say, of what I'm going to do in 2022. Um, You know, but but really, it's about that whole concept of, yeah, do I really want to say, wow, $10,000 a year, that's such a huge number of my expenses, isn't it? So, Am I going to bite that bullet and say, yes, I'm willing to do that? Or do I continue to work and then that makes that number go down? So if I do retire, you know, at age 56, then I would have to fund, F-U-N-D, nine years, right? Approximately, so about 90,000. Let's just bump it up to 100,000 to make it easy. So am I willing to say for financial freedom at age 56, paying approximately $100,000 of those health care that I used to get from insurance from my company, I'm going to have to come up. It might be something right in the middle. I don't know. But right now, I'm not feeling as though I would want to do that. However, there are some things that are going on in my mind right now because I think I shared with you, and of course I did, that as you know, I travel with my job, or I did up until March of 2020 when the pandemic hit. So you may recall, I started this podcast in April of 2020. Um, And my last business trip really was in March of 2020. I was actually in Michigan right when the pandemic started. And I was on a two-week business trip there. And my company forced me and everybody that was traveling at that time to come home. And then we adopted then this new mindset of virtual delivery to our clients, which I love. I absolutely love it. And in my mind then, I'm thinking, do I want to travel? You know, I don't think my company's going to ask us to travel, even in 2022. You guys know this pandemic is still continuing to go on with the Delta variant and others. And some people, even though vaccinated, which I am, are still getting sick, right? And do I really want to do that? Is my company going to ask me to do that? Probably not. Which means, in my mind, if that's true, could I get a whole nother year out of this because I do love what I'm doing, and if I don't want to travel, I may not have to travel. And so that, you know, that year of 2022 really might be the year that I continue on this thought process, but I think doing this in December may be too early. I don't know yet. We'll see. So stay tuned. 
Um, but here's another thing I'm thinking about in addition to that um, is that, you know, I have talked a lot about the bucket strategy and, you know, I've, I've shared with you my concept of living in arrears. Remember what that meant? Like, so when you get into retirement and let's say you have your million bucks or whatever it is, and you're living off of that, you know, you could have a really great year where the market or your, your investment portfolio, even if it's balanced, could return like mine has, you know, 15%, 16%, maybe 17%. And you know, in the next 10 years, it may not be that high, but anything above the four, five, 6%, 7% is really great, right? Because if you have a million bucks and your unrealized gains per year, 70,000, but you're pulling 30, right? You still have 40-ish thousand of, um, you know, gain unrealized gain in your investments that you could be working with. And so um, that then gives you the ability to say in the year that you're in, if it was really fabulous, right, a great year, that could then forecast your dynamic spending for the following year because you're living in arrears, right? You're saying this year was great. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to spend a little bit more, maybe a 5% withdrawal rate in the following year. So Okay, you're following that concept, right? So I truly do believe in that kind of a mindset, even though, as I've shared with you guys, when I talk to Vanguard, they're telling me, you're just going to be fine. Don't worry about it. You know, the dividends that come from your investments, we re-put them back into the bucket, if you will, and you have money coming out into your checking account. But because you guys know I love money so much and the security of money, this is just where my mind goes. And even though they can tell me certain things. I like to really dissect it. As you know, I call it an evanism. <laughs> and so I really like to think things through. And for me, this is what I'm thinking about for 2022. Now I will qualify this by saying, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I do not know. But I shared with you on one of my other Dear Dollar Diary episodes where I said that I wanted to build up my cash cushion Mm-hmm. I think I said maybe 60000 at that point, which would be a couple years. Well, in my mind, over the past month or so since I've produced one of these Dear Dollar Diary episodes, now my mindset is I may want to get that cash cushion up to about $100,000. And how can I do that? Well, here's one idea. I don't know if I'll do it. Um, coming up here in November is usually when my company gives us our bonus, right? So company did very well. They're saying we're going to get a bonus. I usually bump down my 401k um, investments, what I'm putting in from 27% down to like 6% for the bonus, because then I still get the company match on the bonus. And then I bump it back up to 27% after the bonus for future paychecks. Well, in my mind right now, I'm thinking, why not maybe keep it at the 6% afterwards. So every paycheck in going into 2022 is no longer maxing out my 401k. Um, but I'm going to take that money because I'm very disciplined. You know, I'm not going to go spend it on stupid stuff. I'm going to take that money then and fund and put it into my alley account, the cash cushion to build that up. So here's what the numbers would look like. It would be, I'm, I have 36,000 in my alley cash cushion now. At the end of this fiscal year coming up in February, it's going to be 20,000 added in. What is that? 56,000, right? 2022 is going to be another 
20 grand just out of in budget money. So that's 76,000, right? Then where do I get that additional 20 or 25,000? Well, from reducing the paychecks from 27% down to 6%. And so I think it would be about net of $750 a paycheck or so that I'm funding into the alley cash cushion. So that then would bring my cash cushion up to $100,000, let's say, maybe $90,000. So you divide that by three years and you get $30,000. So my thought process is, and again, I don't know if I'm going to do this. It's just where my mind goes and I wanted to share with you. If we do go into a bear market, as you know, then that cash cushion I could use for those three years and I continually fund it back up, right? So, um, you know, you, you hear things in the market all the time. They're saying, you know, we may have the stocks go down considerably, et cetera. And if I did pull the trigger, you know, coming up here in the next year, it's a higher likelihood of going into these little mini recessions since we've had such a long bull market over the past 11 years except for that dip, as you know, in March of 2020. So I really feel comfortable bringing that cash cushion up. So the other side of my brain then thinks, well, if you do that, Evan, then you're not funding your 401k to the max. Well, I've been doing that for 15 years. No, probably 10 years, maxing it out. <laughs> um, and we're at the height of the market. And so buying the shares at the height of the market is still great, but we're at the height of the market. So if I'm putting it into a cash cushion, in my mind, I'm thinking that's okay. Now, if the market goes down next year when I'm still working, could I bump that back up to 27% and buy a bunch of shares into my 401k when they're priced really low? Yes. Now, I'm not a market timer. You know that. So that's not the goal of this. The goal of this is to get the cash cushion up. And the best way to get there in one year, in my opinion, is to do exactly what I said and I see that as a win situation, no matter what happens, even if I decide to continue to work into 2023 and 2024, which I may do, then I could bump it back to where it was, but I have that cash cushion. Now, some people though would think, Evan, that's too much in cash. You don't need that. In fact, Vanguard I shared with you told me the same, but that's what finance is all about, guys. Personal finance is about finding your comfort level in whatever decision you make and going with that, even if you feel like perhaps it may not have been the best financial decision, but it is a decision that you made and you made it with education behind you. It's not something you just, just, just willy nilly, right? An example I can share with you, as you guys know, in October of 2019, I decided to pay off my condo, that additional 30 grand that I could have stretched out for another seven or eight years, but I didn't. I wanted that win. I wanted to say, Evan, you did it. Pay it off. And it, I felt great. So if I could have made a little bit more money in the market, who cares? I had a bunch of money in the market anyway. But you have to really weigh the pros and cons of things that you're doing and make the decisions that best suit what you think is best for you. But again, with education behind it. So again, stay tuned for future episodes here of the Dear Dollar Diary. I do not know what I'm going to do, but these are all really great things to think about. And these are things for you guys being Broke at 40 listeners that are on your radar, as I say all the time. And again, I just like to share that with you because then you can start thinking about how you'll get to this, this place as well. 
So let me segue now into the last part of this episode as I'm continuing to ramble on here. This will be a little bit shorter, but grab your beverage. Hopefully you have some coffee with you or whatever your favorite beverage is. And let me segue now into the second part, a shorter part, which is, yeah, my condo redesign. So I shared with you in 2015, I did a what I call a major condo redesign. And now I just did another one in 2021 in February. You can go back and listen to those episodes. But I make a condo redesign bigger in my mind because that helps me stay where I am. I think one and done philosophy. If you buy a place, keep it. Don't keep buying other places. You don't need to do that unless you're making a whole bunch of money on those. That's a different story. But you have to live somewhere. So I've made the best of where I've lived. And in 2021, in February, as you guys know, I did the condo redesign. I added a bunch of white. I painted my desk. And then I got through the year. And then in September, I'm like, okay, I need to do this part two. And the part two was my bathroom was a disaster. I got a toilet ring under the toilet. I reglazed my bathtub. I think I told you about that. It was a disaster. <laughs> um, so I reglazed it just a couple of weeks ago. It's sparkling white, really beautiful. The condo I live in is a re- is a um, renovation of apartments um, from 2003. Um, I got the hot water heater. I know you're probably thinking, "What? Evan finally got a hot water heater?" Yes, I did. Got the that was like 1,400 bucks. So yeah, I'm spending a lot of money. But this money that I'm spending on the condo is money that I have in budget. I'm not going to my savings account for this because I've been so frugal in my spending this year. I'm, you know, going to my budget and I'm saying this is all in budget money. So I'm releasing it for these things and it feels great. So I also reglazed my terracotta tile on my patio. It was kind of faded. I had a fountain. I still have the fountain that had water in it that was, you know, on the tile and discoloring the tile. So you can buy this reglazing and you know, you don't paint the tile, you just reglaze it. It's beautiful. And I'm now going to also clean the grout in the kitchen, in the bathroom with a product where you can paint the grout and it lightens it up. So that will wrap up coming up here in the next week or two, a lot of effort that I put in and money into this um, redesign of 2021. And let me just leave you with this parting thought. You guys know by listening to this podcast that I became so frugal to get to where I wanted to be. And I have no regrets about that, but it did um, mean that I, you know, because I was so excited, as you know, in August of 2020 to get to that million dollar net worth, including the condo value. And now it's even higher than that. I did, you know, probably let things go where I should have taken care of them earlier. Yeah. I should have got the hot water heater a long time ago. <laughs> um, I should have glazed the tub a long time ago. But in my mind, I was just on this mission, right? Like many of us are in the financial independent community, that you're on this mission to make something happen. And I I did make it happen. That's very true. And yet I would share with you this last parting thought that don't sacrifice too much, right? I think I did sacrifice a little bit too much And I should have done those things before. So as you go on, and to just close out this Coffee Talk Ramble, Dear Diary episode, accumulation to distribution, kicking the fire tires, and also an update on my condo redesign is, yeah, really take the time to look at your budget. And if there are things in your life that need to be taken care of, like these things I just mentioned, then go ahead and release those funds for that. And if it includes 
fun things that you want to do with yourself and your family, then do that as well. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I'll see you this weekend on the Broke at 40 podcast. Thank you.